dude, this is like the easiest way to make money. Like these people are literally coming to your site, clicking out yeah. your form and saying stealing candy from a baby. Yeah, it's like, please take our money and help us. Damn, that's the best problem to focus on ever. It's like, dude, there's all these, it's like there's all these girls who want to like talk to you at the bar. Like you're you're ignoring them somehow. I don't know how. <laughs> What is up, everybody? This is Michael Zakond. I'm joined by my co-founder and co-host, Simran Sandhu, and we're dishing up another episode of Our Future Podcast. This is the entrepreneurship podcast for young people. What we do is study the most successful up-and-coming young entrepreneurs who've raised a ton of money. We're crushing it in their various industries, and we take their tactics and strategies and help you kind of learn them so you can apply them to your own journey. So why should you listen to me and Simi? We sold our media business back uh, last January to Morning Brew. Now we get to host this show and kind of dive into so many different kinds of businesses. We love doing this every week. And the past few episodes have been focused on just one founder. Now we're focusing on two in this episode. So you're going to get a window into not only um, the consumer-focused recruiting company, but also uh, a SaaS business. Yeah. And it's not just going to be an art. There is some level of a science in here. There's one common thread that connects both companies that we're going to talk about today. So we'll let you figure out what that, what that pattern is going to be. But tell us a little bit about Michael Yan and the business that he started. So Michael Yan teamed up with his co-founders. They're a mix of like Stanford and Berkeley guys. So we have Michael Yan, age 23, Rashil Srivastava, 21, and Ethan Horishak, 23. So these guys started working on this business a couple years back, and it's called Simplify. So Simplify aims to be the ultimate AI co-pilot for your job search. So they have a vision to make it bigger than what it is today, but they have 400,000 people using a Chrome extension that removes the monotony from job search. And we all know how much that sucks. You know, I, when I was in college, you know, I would apply to jobs and stuff. Simi, you know, you've, you've probably done it as well. Uh, probably less so than people who didn't take the path of entrepreneurship, but it does blow. And they've made it blow just a little bit less with their Chrome extension. So they market themselves as the honey for job search. So honey, the, the Chrome extension for shopping deals, which sold for $4 billion to PayPal. They're kind of modeling their company off of that. Um, but yeah, the, the real kind of core use case is this free product. 400,000 people are using it. And it just auto-populates uh, your work experience into these custom form fields that various companies have when collecting job applications. So I feel like they've solved a big pain point, um, and especially for Gen Z, right, which uh, is struggling to get into the workforce right now. Uh, it's kind of a war of attrition in terms of job applications. You've got to really mass apply. And what does our generation love? Um, tools that are very convenient and spending less time on the things they don't enjoy. So, you know. They've definitely found a, a need for this product and they're succeeding. Yeah, dude. It's like most companies, right, that are actually successful, which is they just got the timing right, which was they started this business kind of in the heat of COVID. And that was like the big time where people were getting their internships taken away, right? Like they, they had that, you know, sense of security and it was like, boom, like big bank taking away, you know, all the internships, all these big companies that traditionally you would never think 
right, would like recall these jobs and these offers. And so that's when the company came out. And there were other kind of companies that rode this way, right, like Ladder. And that's probably one of the more popular ones on LinkedIn. I know Michael is quite a big influencer on LinkedIn. It looks like he has Massive. like, yeah, like 100,000 followers. But, you know, it's all, all around this like, hey, let's help you get a job. Here are some resources. We're going to compile these lists. And he's extended that into this Chrome extension. One other point I was going to bring For up sure. is that, dude, this is another one of those like Uber for X type models, which is like, you know, we're building the honey for Y. Right. And I just think that's so funny with any kind of Chrome <laughs> extension. It's like we're doing the, the we're doing the honey for Z, uh, the honey for X. Right. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, when you have one player who's built the model and done it extremely well, well, that makes it great for all the other players to come. So, uh, you know, this one's yeah. this one's interesting. Right. Because if you look at <clears throat> the framing for these kind of businesses. Right. The argument Michael was making was that most people are coming at the recruiting angle to the employer's side. So how can we get them the best candidates possible? But what Michael believes that they're doing with Simplify is that they're actually coming at it from the candidate uh, candidate's perspective, which is, hey, you as the candidate, how do we put you in the best position possible to get in front of the opportunities that you want? Um, and so that has seemed to be a really compelling pitch, even with investors, people that have joined the team, and also the students that are, you know are using this extension and using their platform. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. It's ecom one hundred and one as fuck, right? Yeah, it's like supply's got to equal demand, right? They got to intersect <laughs> at some point. Okay, this is your lesson today. And they're trying to make the recruiting market more efficient, right? They're trying to make these candidates more, um, you know, presentable and relevant to the job postings. Whilst everyone has been focused on, you know, just sending as many leads as possible to, you know, these large employers. So, you know, the missing equation, you know, in that market has been, let's get the candidates up to speed, right? Let's get the, the candidates more opportunities. So, yeah, I mean, um, market efficiency is still really skewed. I feel like in the recruiting landscape, nobody's really like, really like put it together. So, I like what Simplify is doing and it's kind of a, a good story, right? It's like, you know, we're like the champion for young people trying to get jobs, you know, we're, we're going to be, you know, your friend, we're going to be your ally. And I have to say, is there an easier way to build an audience or community by just telling people they can get a job? Yeah. Like, it's like, Hey, we know, will get you paid, right? Like it's that same philosophy. We will get you paid. But you know, like most things, and it's similar in the way that dating works, which is typically the top 5% of candidates, the top 5% of, you know, potential love interest, they seem to get 80% of the offers and the interest out there, right? So how do you kind of put everyone on the same, you know, playing field? And that was kind of the their own personal need that they identified, which is like, hey, you know, we're young, ambitious freshmen, we want to get our, our own internships. Um, but I don't know where to start. Like, how do you even draft a resume? And like, what are the kind of key things that you should be saying? And what are like, you know, the, the tactics you should be taking to get in front of these uh, recruiters? And like, what's too far? What's too close? All of that stuff, right? So what they're really trying to do is like, build out this methodology, right? Which is like, here is how you can go about this process. And we're going to standardize it. We're going to help you build out these resumes. And, you know, now there's all these AI tools involved and they've kind of rode that wave. But, um, you know, it's, it's really just like, how do we make this a more seamless process for people who are looking for jobs? Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned that the analogy he used was honey for why, right? Yeah. But he also mentioned wanting to be the common app. 
of job search, right? Which I thought was super interesting. Common App is a funny little monopoly, right? It's a once, you know, it's the only kind of platform you can use to apply to these various colleges and universities. I believe 95% of American colleges and universities use the Common App. And, you know, it's a huge business. I don't have particular like revenue numbers to report, but I know that my sister just applied with the Common App to a bunch of schools and it was $2,000 for like 20 schools, right? It's like a hundred bucks a school. It's crazy. Do you think it takes out the value of like differentiation though? Like if it's the same, you know, we see this trend over and over. It's like the easier it is to do something, like the less special it becomes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, for example, maybe the people who were differentiating themselves before were the ones who like went out of their way to figure out how the game works and they were coming at it with these really creative angles. You know what I mean? It's the same with cold emails. It's the same with all these different platforms. The easier something is, the less of an opportunity there's going to be. Look, I I love the uh, analogy you're making with cold outreach sales. I think it's like right on the money. But with the Common App, uh, there's like a base essay and like a base prompts that all the schools agree to, but then there's supplementals where you have to tailor your messaging and story Got to it. that particular okay. school. Interesting. The same as in with recruiting, right? Maybe they mostly have the same resume fields, but sometimes there's some different interesting little nuggets or an extra question in there that Netflix might ask, but Microsoft doesn't. And Simplify will help you fill in that information quickly and kind of personalize yourself to that, right? So again, co-pilot for these kind of differing roles, and it will also tailor your resume towards each of these schools. Now, it would be cool to have that on the common app. Yeah. A certain yeah. school prioritize something over the other, right? So um, that that's what I think so, is uh, so going on. So go a step further. What does that personalization layer look like in this business? Yeah, so the personalization layer in Simplify is like, Okay. Do you, so have you heard of like when you're uh, creating a resume and then people will like essentially match words in the job description and throw them into their resume? So there's kind of like hacks like that, right? Where, you know, they'll be requesting this certain set of skills. And then I guess with Simplify with their, you know, AI play, it'll read what the job description is looking for and then tailor your experience to like match that in some way. Yeah. Right? Okay. So to try and try and get, try and create the perfect match for you. You know what's an interesting part is that he said most people apply to 200 jobs before they find, you know, their role or opportunity. I feel like that's a lot. Like, I couldn't even imagine applying to 200 different jobs. Like, that's that's crazy. I know. It's wild. Um, you know, I just think there's a great deal of burnout amongst our generation, especially that makes a product like this just so useful, right? Because it can be just so... Um, not humiliating, but demoralizing just to throw your name in so many buckets and get nothing back, right? And it, it, it appears that the way these companies are doing it and like, you know, it's just like how the market is. You just got to, you just got to apply. You just got to swipe on Tinder, man. You just got to, you just got to get through leads yeah, because it's the only way. And to be honest, Simi, it's still that way in the sales world, right? it's still like a numbers game yeah for sure yeah in terms of like the calls and the emails and all that for sure i mean if you also look at like the ai thing again he said something that was wild which was uh close to 70 percent of people are now using ai to draft any and all their resumes like dude that doesn't surprise me at all 
I, no, but I, I, I'm not surprised, but it is like wild, right? Like, I think this is like some of the um, mini SAS things that are going on right now in like the education space. Like we've covered Kadama in the past and like, um, you know, Oliver has his like business around like study buddy and things like that. And I'm like, you know, is this like a net positive or is this a negative for like these people? Because like the, it just like takes out having to do the work. Well, yeah, I think I have a good point to reply to that, which is like now, I guess there's never been a better time to find the third door, right? Or have those in-person communication skills or find those creative ways to stand out, right? So in a world where AI can do all this personalization for us, it can go out and apply to jobs for us. It can go out and try and create sales and opportunities for us. It'll make all the difference to bring that human touch when it matters, right? to find those creative opportunities, use your human intuition to find the back door, get in the room, talk to the person, right? I think people like that are going to be rewarded heavily in the age of AI, right? When there's just so many applicants and so much of the same, and it's all just so automated, right? Being able to creatively find your way into these rooms and build these relationships is going to go, going to go crazy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I, there's another way I'm thinking about simplify. It's like, it may be of what you said and that it starts really hot. Like everybody uses this and then the market becomes saturated. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this might very well be an epic weapon for the first a million users, but past the a million mark, right? Companies are flooded with job applications like never before. Like does the proliferation of Simplify actually hurt the market and the service overall? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's I mean, important. Think about it's TikTok. it's important to think about that for sure, especially if you're like trying to build a business for the long term. It's like, hey, yeah. you know, if everything becomes easier to do in this specific space, like, what what does happen to my business? You know, five years from now, assuming like we achieve well, all the things we want to do, is it just going to make the problem worse? Right? Could the, could the platform success make their core problem they're trying to solve actually worse in the end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. By creating even more of this mismatch between employers and applicants and this massive, massive on mass approach, yeah. which is just fire away. Yeah. Who cares? Totally. It's interesting. I will say it seems like, you know, something that's worth very, being very bullish on them is like they've defied the odds in a lot of ways. So, you know, their investors, they're pitching this and, you know, taking into context, they've now raised over $3 million from like leading, you know, venture firms, including Kraft. Um, you know, the big question is like, why do you think you're going to succeed um, when there's like a graveyard of companies that have tried to tackle the same problem and they haven't? And like, honestly, you know, you may be facing that question if you're listening to this, maybe you're pitching investors. The simple answer is quite literally, we face this problem and we're building the solution for what we would have wanted at that point in time. Um, and yeah. it's, I love that answer because it's so simple. I personally would have never thought of it. I would have tried to find some complex answer about the gap in the market. And like, you know, this is how we're strategically positioned to take this on. But like, it's like, no, at the end of the day, it was a personal need. And so I'm just going to build for me. Yeah. And like, that yeah. to this day still proves as the most effective way to pitch your product to investors, to customers, to potential employees and people who join your team. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of a golden nugget that I took away from our combo.
It is a gold nugget. It's also kind of a cheat code when talking to like boomer investors, like, you know, old dudes. It's like, <laughs> listen, it's a Gen Z thing, all right? You know, you're not gonna get it. And they're like, oh fuck. Like, okay, yes. Um, that does sound like a Gen Z thing. And it is, right? Yeah. Uh, this, you know, this problem with applying to jobs is is definitely uh is definitely you know, very Gen Z problem. I will say building via a Chrome extension, like in the first iteration of your business is such a great way to do it. Like there's yeah, so much value a in a net. Chrome extensions. Yeah. Like if you've never built a business before, I would say like, that's probably a great place to cut your teeth. Yeah, for sure. And uh, what these guys have done super well is they haven't spent a cent on marketing. You know, they've only raised $3 million, but none of that, it's all gone to product, which is really, you know, what's, what's going to, matter here yeah because they've already figured out the marketing funnel right they have great tiktok content their linkedin content absolutely blows up um and they they employed the same content strategy at ladder which was we're publishing a new guide of a thousand startups looking for students right it's all this kind of very like comment your email bait that still works on linkedin how do you think about the churn for this business because if you think about it like in the ideal outcome you get a job from this platform and then you never use it Right. Like the, like it's built in a way that actually in a successful use case, you're actually not staying on the platform. It's like you find your role, you successfully apply, you get the job. Now you're off. Um, how do you think they think about yeah. that? Yeah, I think a, um, uh, churn is a problem, especially like you described it as like dating apps. Like, you know, you get coupled up and, and you dip out. Um, I would honestly lean into hinges marketing, which is the dating app meant to be deleted. I feel like that really would resonate with our generation. And that's why I feel like Hinge is winning the battle over Tinder and maybe Bumble and some of these other apps is I feel like that messaging is really, uh, really hits home. Yeah. So then your, your thing is, okay, let's just bring in the next generation. So we'll, let's get these college kids into entry-level jobs. They're going to have a, uh, experience on their resume and boom, they can go into, to, to the next thing. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Um, so it's going to be a, it's going to be like a mini university. And that there you spit out, you spit in, or a frat, right? New guys, old guys, you know, just constantly. Well, it's new, fresh. Blood I, I think it's a inserted. cool business, and like seriously, rooting for these guys to succeed because I think if they pull it off, like not only are they going to make a lot of impact, but they'll make a lot of money doing it. Definitely rooting for them. But let's go ahead and move on to our next story. So the common thread here is that this next business was also funded by Craft Ventures, and it was started by my good friend uh, Nico Ferreira and his co-founder Victor Popishev. So these guys started it two or three years ago, but essentially it is an inbound go-to-market workflow. They've raised over $6 million from, like I said, Kraft, 8VC, Jock Altman, Box Group, go-to-market market fund, all of the big players. I mean, what I think is cool about this is like they're they're stacked, man. Like they they did such a good job about bringing elite investors and elite talent on the board. And what Nico told me is like it took them over two years uh, to build out the tech and build out the platform before they even launched. They've just recently gone to market and it seems like they're doing really, really well from what I can tell. Yeah, man, I feel like the way to win in B2B SaaS right now is and especially in sales and marketing tools is you have to essentially destroy like five other tools at once yes so yes with yeah. this like zero yeah with this like zero interest rate phenomenon there's just <laughs> so much proliferation in in tech uh, software companies and software sales companies and whatever so now the tech stack is so bloated right um with what uh nico has done is He's really kind of consolidated 
Zapier, Calendly, um, Chili Piper, all into one platform. And yeah. I feel like particularly as the market turns and people want to spend less on expensive software subscriptions, he's in a great position. And at the end of the day, he built a great product, which is why it took two years. But I feel like he's really seizing the moment because now as people are fatigued with all this stuff and this tech stack, he's really slimmed it down. And it's very simple. I think you're right. It has to be all in one for this to work. And so it's like, let's take all of the other softwares that you'd have to use. Probably the spend is crazy, right? Like these softwares are not cheap. And so if you can just make it full suite where it's like, hey, we're going to do lead qualification. We're going to do all the scheduling. We're going to do all the routing. Yeah. Um, like that's a good place to be. I think another genius part about this business is they chose the right side of the playing field. So instead of being on outbound, which like, you know, I'm not generally optimistic on, they went inbound. And that's such a smarter place to be because <laughs> they're not in charge of having to go find yeah. leads for you. It's quite literally the leads are going to come in. Let's just make sure you actually go convert them. Um, and, you know, that's not something you now have to be responsible for. It's like, let's just the, let's just make sure we're capturing them and doing doing right from that standpoint. So I think yeah. for that specific reason, it's a much smarter business. For sure. I mean, let's just walk people through what it is. So you arrive yeah. on the website and instead of, so a lot of people in a rudimentary form like us on our website, we have like a click to book a, a cal and it opens a Calendly integration on our website. What this does is a little more advanced. It allows, uh, so you go, it's, you know, a nice button, you click it, um, you enter information, you can customize that form as the business. So you can qualify the lead based on how qualified the lead is. You can then uh, send them to a specific sales rep. And then there's the calendar integration for booking the actual demo. So it's just a more efficient, um, I think of it as a sales dispatcher. I feel like that's like the most um, basic way to put it. And it feels like, again, an amalgamation of a bunch of different tools um, that people use. So, so Nico made this LinkedIn post that I thought illuminated a lot of the value customers see in his business. He said, he, we recently talked to a 1,500-person company with 500 sales reps. They're doing $250 million in ARR, but they had a really expensive problem. They're currently paying over $600 per rep on SaaS products every single month. So their number one priority for 2024 was consolidating their revenue stack. Um, so they mentioned their lead contact account opportunity routing is living in five different systems. So that's what default does. It brings it all into one. And... Um, he was just brainstorming like the opportunity for his business. And he's like, uh, essentially estimated there's $3 billion in bloated software spend at the moment. It's insane. Um, and it, it also speaks to what Chamath was talking about. He's like, look, software's too expensive. Like, tell me what software you like and we'll just build it for cheap. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. what we talked about on the last uh, two episodes ago. Or yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, that part is, is hard to do. I don't think you can just like replicate every single software with like, overseas developers in the way Chamat says. But um, I do find a few things really interesting about about this business. And I think it's how Nico thinks about it. So in the conversation I had with him, he brought up some interesting points, which is when you're building software, you want to build across spiky problems. So like, for example, rippling targeted HR, right? Like that's a spiky problem uh, versus like, say, collaboration tools, because 
those aren't necessarily as spiky. I mean, they're valuable because they spread across several different functions. Um, and so that was a new way to think about software in that I haven't previously been exposed to, which is like, understand, like, is this is this something that like, is a big enough problem like that you can tackle head on? Or are you trying to focus across several different functions? And your hope is that like, you know, several teams use something like this. And we can talk about like what those examples are. But what do you think about that? Do I consider what he built to be a super spiky problem? Um, I don't know. I mean, was, was it really hard for companies to route different salespeople to specific leads before? I guess it was more manual. You, you'd be surprised. Just... You'd be surprised. So I was watching um, an interview with the CEO of Apollo and I forget the exact statistics, but I think it was like more than 70% of people just fumble the bag when it comes to inbound leads. Like people don't hit them back up. Like they just forget to follow up with them. And I was like, dude, this is like the easiest way to make money. Like these people are literally coming to your site, clicking out yeah. your form and saying- Stealing candy from a baby. Yeah, it's like, yeah. please Stealing candy take from our baby. money and help us, right? And like yeah. there's a vast majority of companies don't get that right. And so apparently- Apparently it's a much bigger problem than like most people would think. Damn, that's the best problem to focus on ever. It's like, dude, there's all the, it's like there's all these girls who want to like talk to you at the bar. Like you're, you're you're ignoring them somehow. I don't know how. It's like, no, we're uh, we're too cool. I'd rather just send out outbound and send thousands of emails to people who may or may not want this. Yeah, it's like you're really, really cool, but like you need to go out talk to people like it's almost like telling a company that like you know they're they're missing out right on potential revenue which is what every sales and SaaS company does but this is the most qualified of that lost revenue yeah i talk a lot about leaky leaky funnels in this right yeah. so um you know just sending the wrong rep because like the way I think about it is I think like these software companies will send less qualified sales opportunities to like the new guys and they'll send the more qualified ones to like the more established reps. Is that how things work? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So it's like the, yeah, they, so they've, they've essentially like optimized for every single lead that can possibly come in. Um, yeah. And so that's where like, you know, you're two years heads down in development. Dude, I I think that feels like a long time in general. It's just like, we're going to make sure this is like the best damn platform that these companies will will see in the market. Maybe you have to think about it that way. Like th that brings up an interesting point with it, which is like when a market and industry is saturated, you can't afford to bring a shitty product into market. Like you can't just bring a trash MVP and assume that people are going to use this. Like it has to be better than any existing alternative that currently exists. Yeah, I, I think that's very, very true. Sales and marketing is su sales and marketing tools is such a crowded industry. It's so competitive. It's so cutthroat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you've really got to make uh, take a big swing. And when I when I uh, when I say big swing, I mean cast a big net and really just rope in all these tools into like one solution. I think when you're in sales, you're just trying to make money. You're yeah. Just trying to convert leads. You're trying to grow revenue dealing with all these different platforms and having your head in five different places um, is in itself a problem, is in, in itself a distraction towards the core mission of the company. So I'm really impressed by what Nico's been able to build. The, the website's beautiful. And 
he's really tapped into like the no code world, right? Like you can set up these funnels, just drag and drop. It's all and automations. Yeah. Yeah. I think functionality like that is, is really important. Um, I, I think what I've noticed when I was looking at default is he's taken the best parts of all these darling businesses like Clavio, um, like, uh, Calendly, um, you know, and he's, he's taking, he's just taken their functionality and combined it into like something that does it all. It, it, it makes me think of the consolidation in the software industry you talked about before. Yeah. Not only are we seeing consolidation on an M&A level, we're seeing feature consolidation across all businesses, right? Where they kind of want to be much more full stack and they want companies in general, the way that it's moving is companies just want to use less software in general. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something else that sticks out to me is that, you know, when you look at a space that you're interested in, it should all be guided by a fundamental question of some kind. So for example, when Nico was thinking about this concept, right, he's like evaluating the entire sales and marketing landscape. The big question that he was bringing, you know, to his co-founders, early members of the team was, do we believe that another $10 billion business could be started in the sales and marketing space? And the entire business started from that question, right? And if the answer is yes, if you fundamentally believe that, okay, well, what needs to be true for that to happen, right? And so it's very like top down in that approach. And, you know, it reminds me of when we had covered Carrot, the credit card company. And those guys also thought about raising, you know, additional rounds with a guiding question of some sort. It's like, hey, if we raise $3 million, what is the question we're trying to solve? And if we answer that question, well, what's the next question that we have to figure out? And, and so time and time again, I come back to this realization that the best sales pitches, the best companies that are built are all built off of, a, you know, a question, right? Because if, you know, say I'm trying to pitch you, I'm like, Hey, Michael, I'm building this company in the sales and marketing space. And I ask you this question and you say no. Well, then I know it's not worth my time to, it's not worth me wasting my time with you. It's like, you don't even fu fundamentally believe the core question that I'm trying to, to, to answer or try to solve. So it's a great way to like filter it out, make sure like you have believers in what you're doing. One other thing I think worth mentioning in this is when you're trying to sell, uh, your product or service in the early days, right? You're going to get some interest from people who find your platform interesting. Maybe you get that big TechCrunch article that just, you know, says, hey, you're fresh off of this hot funding. You got all the big investors in the space. So some people may, you know, come knocking on your door and saying, hey, what's going on at default? What's so interesting about you guys? Um, and one thing that I found really interesting about how Nico pitches this, which is he actually downplays the capabilities that they're actually seeking out, right? So they'll come to him and they'll be like, hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? Well, Nico knows that Chili Piper can do all of those features, right? So he downplays it when he's selling it. It's like, of course we do all of those features that you're asking for. Like, of course we already do what all the existing alternatives in the market do. But we also do this and we also do, you know, Y and Z. And that's something no one else does in the market. And that is like the most effective sales tactic he's had um, while building this business. And I thought that was great. Yeah, that's a great like uh, psychology play, right? Yeah. Like he's essentially saying that you have, uh, he's essentially not highlighting his core features and only highlighting those special features of his platform because he, he just, 
He's like, you should assume that we do all that stuff. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's also just like if you look at it from, you know, the 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 person who's being sold, right? Like the customer or the prospect's perspective. It's like to your point changing their entire psychology. It's like, wow, maybe like what we're asking for isn't like that that's not that much. Like that's that's actually not that cool. Like what else can you do for us? Like what other problems can you solve? Um yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a little bit yeah. like a like a like just messing with their head, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just playing with your playing with your prospects, man. <laughs> Making them want it. You got to make them want it more. Uh, why do I feel like this business is why are all both the businesses we talked about so related to dating, bro? I just feel like it's... That's so um, funny. Dude, it's funny. The the first business we talked about was all cold. Like yeah. send as much as you can out and this one is just like for those for that those those things that are coming to you make sure you maximize and get them uh get them dialed in yeah yeah for sure you know that wraps up another episode of our future podcast guys if you have any feedback for us at all please let us know we're waiting with open ears over here and if you don't please you know give us a like or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and on our youtube as well so Guys, we will catch you next week for another episode of Our Future Podcast. Stay frosty. Open ears. Stay frosty. <laughs> <laughs>